The world went to hell around the year 2000, which is why Adam and Chad live less than 2000. Like and subscribe on your favorite podcast app and continue the conversation on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you're cool enough, join the show on Patreon for exclusive bonus content, specials, and early access to a longer, uncensored, less than 2,000 experience. And now, less than 2,000 with Adam Wentz and Chad Bischoff. Less than 2,000. Now part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. Rob, thanks for doing this. I mean, obviously, I, I, I've known you from our, 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 the other world, uh, you know, with, you know, movies and, and, and things like that. Um, but I'm really, really excited to talk to you because, you know, you first sat down, you, ha- you, you literally send me a text one day that says, uh, what are you doing? And you were literally at a, at, a, at a pub downtown and you never told me you were coming. I showed up and we sat down and we riffed over over cocktails until like one in the morning. And you were literally recording all these ideas for your book. And that book is now out. And I just got a copy and I'm excited to read it. And, I, and, and so we're excited to talk to you. So everyone, Rob Angel, the creator and inventor of Pictionary, the incredible game. Thanks for being here. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Yeah, fantastic day. Good. Yeah, it's it's you're in you're in Seattle and big shocker, it's raining, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. It's a little cli- it's a cliche day, shall we say. But it's sure. beautiful. <laughs> Lake beautiful. Uh, you know wonderful. what was you know it's well you know it's great for a rainy rainy day is our our games, our board games. I mean, that was always a thing you couldn't play outside, so Stay inside and 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 play some games, including Pictionary, which actually, was especially Pictionary, all time all time classic, and it was created in the year I was born, nineteen eighty one. So you fit squarely within the theme of less than two thousand. You're right in our wheelhouse. Chad is much much older, so he was already alive and well established. By the time this this came four out, four months. I'm four <laughs> months older than you. That's it. Dog years, pal. Oh, that, <laughs> that then, the yes, that's a lot. <laughs> eighty and eighty-one. So, if it, if it's not too much to uh, you know, if we're not putting you on the spot by asking a sensitive question like this, uh, how old were you when you invented the game? Well, uh, when I discovered the game, I was 22. And when I started working on it, I was 25. So there's a little, little gap in there. So 25 is when I went all in, if you will. That's great. Well, then, so, so discovered the game. Right, right. Elaborate on that. Well, I graduated from college in 1982 at 22 years old. Went back to Spokane where I grew up and moved in with three buddies. And it was just a normal night. Just... After work, we were all waiting tables in various restaurants. And one of my roommates said, do you want to play a game I learned at college called Charades on Paper? That was it. All right, fine. So I rolled off the couch to play this game. And I had no idea, by the way, that my life was about to change. It was like, no, we're just going to play a game and drink some beer. Well, we drank the beer, but we also stayed up all night sketching words out of a dictionary. Right? You know how to play Pictionary. That's really all we were doing is sketching words out of the dictionary. Night after night after night, 
and just had a ball. And kind of at this point, the light bulb went on uh, that might make a good board game. I mean, that was just kind of the, the kernel of the idea at that point. Sure. Couple of things. Couple of things. Yeah. Is it is it really a board game? Do you classify it as a board game? And number two, me as the attorney, <laughs> I, I couldn't help but notice, you know, it says on Wikipedia, created by Rob Angel. There's a couple other names on there. Yeah. But did this friend who said trades on paper, did he did he get any credit or was it the guy who, you know, worked on it four years and, and took it to um, the company? Well, like any idea, there's hundreds of ideas, right? There was four guys, actually, and plus all the kids that were at college where he played this game. So it's the guy who gets off his ass. Yeah. Or gets glory, right? It's not like nobody else knew about this idea. In fact, most good ideas people already know about. In fact, everybody's got an idea where they see it in the store shelf later and they go, I should have done yeah. that. But, but, you know, you should have. You're absolutely right. Uh, so, no, I don't. I, it was my game, my creation. Yeah. But I will tell you, one of the things I live by, one of the principles I live by is integrity. And so when I started working on the game, I went to those three roommates and I said, hey, I'm going to start working on the game. Are you? I wasn't asking them to join. Mm-hmm. We all have different skill sets. And so instead of just doing it behind their back, I said, hey, here I am out front and center. You guys, you know, if you're not doing anything with it, I'm taking ownership. They said, go for it. So you can't just steal ideas. And that was really important to me to make sure they were okay with me taking ownership. Has any of them come back to you after the fact, after after it blew up and said, oh, man, I wish I would have changed my answer there? (laughs) No. No, it's like we're all friends. And they could have, you know, for goodness sakes. You never know. You know, when humans get involved. It does get a little dicey. Yeah. Right. Emotions yeah. and feelings get hurt. And but in this case, no, it was all good. I'm still friends. Actually, I'm having dinner tonight after what, 35, 40 years with a guy who created I uh, invented the name Pictionary. Still one of my best friends from that from that time period. Oh, that's wow. awesome. That's, that's great. Really that you, cool. Yeah, you avoided the whole Facebook type situation. And, and it, what it comes down to is you can, you know, leave your troubles behind. You can ignore things but they're going to be there when you get back. So you, you might as well just face them head on. It may be uncomfortable. It may not be what you really want to do, but it just saves so much aggravation and time down the line. So totally suggest just hit it head on. So did you hear that, Chad? All the ideas that you and I have discussed for like shows and movies and things like that. When I actually do the writing, I'll I'll be like, I'll just say, Chad, hey, do you want to work on these ideas? Because I'm going to just write the damn script or the right book, the book. So I I have a feeling, Mr. Lawyer, you have that contingency already taken care of. I'm I'm not worried about you, Chad. Well well played. Well played. Is it it a board game? You called it a board game. Do you consider it a board game? It doesn't technically have a board, I don't believe, at least the original version. Well, I don't know what game you're looking at. But the original board game had a, had a board. Risk, Monopoly, Clue, Pictionary, Trivial Pursuit. Those were board games. Now, you didn't need the board to play the game. Pad of paper and a pencil. And that's where my marketing came in, right? I gave people words. I gave them a package. I gave them convenience because they didn't want to get a pad of paper and a dictionary like we did. So it's a board game as opposed to what they're calling them now tabletop games. 
So Cards Against Humanity, any game mm-hmm. that looks like a game, whether it's a board game, a card game, they've just all been recalibrated with a new genre. It's like, you know, it's like calling, you know, flight attendant now, you know, she's, she's not a stewardess anymore. She's a flight attendant. <laughs> so, so with the magic of editing, I don't know what the fact that, that, the fact that we're not live, I, I really appreciate because now with the magic of editing, I can take out the part about how I don't remember there being a board to this thing. I'm going with my family and my babysitter must not have had the board in the box. I remember the cards. I remember the, the sand um, you know, the sand timer. I remember the little, you know, notepads, but I don't remember there being a board. So, but I mean, I, I'm not going to contradict you. <laughs> no, but wait a minute. Well, wait a minute. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. What do you remember about those times playing Pictionary? What memory do you have? The laughter. I remember the laughter. I remember, I, I don't even remember any specific drawings. Of course not. I don't remember any specific who won what games. I want. I remember a group of us sitting around on a rainy day, laughing our asses off because of the game. And that is why Pictionary was successful. Not because it was a board game, not because it was an activity. It was like a rock concert, right? All your emotions are involved. You may not remember who you saw, but you remember how you felt, the collaboration, the fun. That's what resonated with people when they were playing Pictionary. And that's how I developed the game. So when you're developing anything, I developed it basically from an emotional standpoint. Well, are people going to enjoy playing this? Are they going to remember it? Putting a game together is not as difficult as it seems, but creating that emotion, right? So whatever product you have, whatever you're trying to do, if people love it like that, they're going to remember it for years to come, 35 years later. And that's why my stuff doesn't go anywhere. I'm always appealing to the intellectual and completely forgetting about the emotional <laughs> and the sentimental, the yeah. memories. That yeah, a lot of people. A lot of people create. I mean, a lot of people do things based on emotion, sure. <laughs> not intellect. Well, that's that's a great point. Yeah. Well, well said. People, not lawyers, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> my soul has been long, long against sold to the highest bidder, and I didn't get enough for it. Chad, yeah, yeah, you want to jump in? Now I think is, well, now is the right time for me to say this because as I was reflecting on on today, I knew this question would come up. Yeah, you know, of what do you remember about Pictionary? And I think now is the right time to say this. And I've held this back for many years with you. Rob. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you f-ing scared me. That game had to open something in my brain that I was not comfortable doing with the, with, with, you know, just, it, 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 it scared me a little bit. It really did. Which part, man? Yeah. Expand on that. What are you talking what, what, about? What scared you? The, the drawing part of it? Yes, because I suck at drawing. There was, and so having to do something creative. Yes. Like I was, I was better. I was better with the words, but then the drawing aspect of it, I'm like, I'm gonna look like a freaking moron, and all of my friends are gonna make fun of me. I didn't care as much with my parents, I'll admit, but with everybody else, it scared me. And you also got to remember, I was young. Did they give you? No. Okay, there you go. Right. (laughs) Right? But it still scared me the 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 anxiety yeah. before it was before I had to draw. It, but, it caused an emotion in me that clearly stuck with me because even knowing you, I've kept it from you until now. 
Well, first of all, if I was there, I'd give you a hug. I'd give you a little oh, pat thanks. in the head, give you a hug. But, you know, everybody was afraid of Pictionary, for goodness sake. I suck. Just so you know, Mr. Pictionary sucks at his own game. I can't draw. I just can't try. End of story. That's However. Really? Oh, I'm terrible, man. You don't want me on your team. However. <laughs> The inventor, the everyone, the inventor of picture just said, oh my God, you don't want me on your team. That's fantastic. Not, I'm a hindrance. But I still have fun, right? I'm in on the joke of my own stupid drawings. That's the beauty mm -hmm. of it, right? You're not, uh, yeah. you're not being uh, judged. You're being laughed at, but you're not being judged. True. And and now that I've, now that I've obviously grown up, a few years uh yes it's it's no i no longer have those feelings and and all that stuff you start to learn yeah they're not really they're having fun with you it's not really at you and you know you 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 just you you can enjoy the fun of it but as a young kid it was a little scary for me but uh, it's it, nice to know that you're saying it's that's everybody that's a lot of people. everybody once you get past that you know it's like a roller coaster right so you're going up and you're scared you're scared and then you know oh my gosh but it gets to the top and then you do your first word, and by the time you're doing your second word, you're going full steam ahead. You're just going yep. down, so it's all gone. Well, the bad the bad artistry is part of what I mean. That's what oh, yeah. leads to the laughter. That's what leads to the memories. Is yes. like the you. That's a bicycle. What are you? I mean, you know, just like is it, you can't draw at all. It's like, and then the, the the friendly disagreements about oh you suck you know and you you just can't draw for crap you can't guess for crap can't you tell that's a bicycle right. what do you and mean it was it, a bicycle well, <laughs> the worse you are the better and apparently uh, Chad still sucks but anyway let's move on <laughs> what I, man go from if I was there I'd give you a hug to Chad still sucks that's 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 really great Rob yeah <laughs> I'm gonna tell you I oh. made two games. In my lifetime, yeah, they were so bad. My mom didn't <laughs> want to play them, so I attempted. I attempted at the ripe age of like I think the first time I was eight or nine, and the second time I was eleven or twelve. Both times I failed miserably, and somehow that never came back into my life. But no, 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 you're creative in other ways, man. You did look. You didn't <laughs> fail miserably. Give yourself credit for trying in the first place. I know that's such a cliche, but that's what most people just go, you know, I suck, I can't do it. You try, man. Back to, I mean, the simple genius of it, the name is obviously part of that. Was that something that you had in mind from the beginning of sitting down with the dictionary with your friends? Or is that something that came to you during the four-year process of making it? Or tell me about that. Well, I'm a big believer in giving credit where credit is due. As a matter of fact, the guy I'm having dinner with tonight named the game back in 1982. Have you ever heard of the game Balderdash? So of course. It, was called, it used to be called Fictionary. And hmm. right, you guess you make up definitions of words. So we used to play Pictionary with a dictionary. And whoever had the dictionary would see a word, show it to somebody else, and then two people start drawing. Well, one night, Sean is looking and he's all of a sudden starts playing Balderdash, which wasn't named at the time. I'm like, what are you doing? Well, it's an old game I used to play called Fictionary. And then you can see the light bulb on his head going off, and he goes, pictures, Fictionary, Dictionary. Why don't we just call this Pictionary rather than, hey, one, come over and draw pictures out of the dictionary, and we'll try to guess the words, and then we'll... And it just stuck, and it was perfect. And so my buddy Sean is taking credit, and I'm happy to give it to him. How does Bloodborne stack up against, say, Oregon Trail? 
And is Bomberman just Loadrunner from a different point of view? Find out on Hardcore Gaming 101's Top Games, where we objectively, definitively, and scientifically rank the games you nominate for our ever-growing list. HG 101's Top Games, twice a week, every week, right here on Greenlit. Fans of video games, history, or video game history will definitely want to listen to Retronauts. Each week, Bob Mackey and myself, that's Jeremy Parrish, dive into the stories behind the greatest games of the past and the history behind the hits of today. Check us out every Monday on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Flash forward, you're 25 now. Like, what was the process of getting this game up and running? <laughs> you have a couple of hours? Uh the, the the process was I had no idea what I was doing, and as I like to say, you know, why ruin a great idea with a plan? I think that you know now everybody sees these billion dollar exits, and they're going, "Ooh, I can do that," but quite frankly, eh, no, you can't. I take that back. I, that was mean, but but I didn't know what I was doing, and so those big exits basically are people who are in the industry, people that know what they're doing, they have the contacts. I was a waiter. I was waiting tables. And so I had no idea how to get started. In fact, I didn't get started because uh, I was uh, uh, a little nervous. I didn't have the skills. I didn't have all these things. So I had to break it down to the simplest thing. That's what I could wrap my head around. Thinking of business plans, marketing plans, you know, spreadsheets, basically overwhelming. And I think I had sure. to I had to demystify it, right? When you're thinking, when I was thinking of an idea, or you're thinking of an idea, if I'm thinking of all the moving parts, I don't do it because it's a mystery. I've never done any. I'm a waiter. I, I've never done any of these things, so I had to get out of my own head. My own head. So I broke it down to its simplest thing, which was the word list. But once I could figure out how to put the words into a game, that would be the first of many tasks. But that's what it was, right? So I broke it down, simplest, accessible, right? That's that's key for me as well. I had a pad of paper, a dictionary, and a pencil right in front of me. I didn't even, you know, I didn't even overthink that. And then, of course, now I'm thinking to myself, what do I have to lose? Right? <laughs> it's like I've overthought this thing for three years. I thought of it for three years. And finally, it's like, what am I, what am I worried about? $2.85 for a dictionary, a little time in the backyard with making the word list. I have nothing to lose. Why not take that first step? And that's what I did. So I went in the backyard with the dictionary and opened it up. And I, I, I remember, you know, if you were watching me, I'd be pointing to exactly where the word was. I remember it like it was yesterday. And I see the first word and the word is aardvark. Aardvark, right? <laughs> it's my criteria. Double A. So I knew what it was. It was an animal. I wrote it down, and I was excited. My voice just went up an octave, didn't it? It, it did. Right? Yeah, I love it. It does. It, it was like I was excited because I got I had gotten started. I mean, it's you know taking that first step. They say you know it's cliche, but it's so freaking true. That's how Pictionary got started. Not with a great idea and a plan, and you know raising capital. It got started from writing down the one simple word, aardvark, nine letters. That was it. Uh, and so the beauty of it was I stopped procrastinating. I mean, I give you a hundred different reasons, hundred different excuses. Why was it started? It doesn't matter. I was just, yeah. I was just procrastinating. And so when I finally decided not to procrastinate, I wrote down that word. And the thing about writing down that word was 
it it changed everything because one clearly i'd gotten started but in that moment i was no longer a waiter in my head i was a game inventor mm -hmm. and it's that mindset it said okay now wait a minute i've got to think differently now okay so that's just part of the story that's how i usually tell the story but that's great but it's a great part of the story and it's 100 true but reality was it took three years to write the first word which was aardvark 30 seconds to write the second word abacus so it's that snowballing effect this mystery oh my gosh how do i make a word list what do i do so by the time i wrote the second word 30 seconds and then quicker and quicker and it just snowballed but i just told you that i was now a game inventor in my head not exactly true because there's only two words and the old you know reflex came in i'm just a waiter the negative self-talk all these things just kept coming in well then i just kept going though and i wrote another word just a little reinforcement it was like it was almost like journaling right you just i wrote another word and another word three months later after reading forty-five thousand words and writing down 5018 i know the exact number i was a game inventor so you have to do the work i'm not strong enough mentally to just tell myself I'm X, Y, Z. Some people are, yeah. I think most of us are. I just can't, I couldn't do it. But after three months of every day working on the word list, I was a game inventor. And that, you know, that's, that shifted everything. So from that, that mindset change, that, I don't, know, I don't know what you want to call it, pivot, resiliency, whatever. That's when everything started really snowballing because I was in it. You've mentioned, you've, you said we several times. You just mentioned your team. Are you talking about Terry Langston and Gary Everson? Yeah. Are you talking, okay. So so um, business partners, Terry Langston and Gary was your artist? Gary was a graphic artist. He's the one that, he designed the board that apparently, Adam, you've never seen. <laughs> I, guess not. I know, I, I, I love his work. Um, geez. So uh, yeah, um, and, and so, you know, it was it was Angel Angel Productions, if I'm not mistaken, was the company. Uh, Angel Games. Angel Games. Angel Games. All right, and, and uh, I'm just striking out left and right here. <laughs> on, Gary and Terry. Very on the nose with that one there, Rob. Man, we're good, right? Love it. <laughs> Gary and Terry did. So they they weren't any of the roommates. Is that right? No, they were. Uh, they filled a need. I had specific needs. Like I said, I didn't want to run the business. I wanted to be a businessman like my dad. I wanted to be our father at some point, but he was executive and he got fired from his job. He was like the president of the company. And I'm like 19 years old. And I'm thinking at that moment, if he can get fired, I can get fired. And I'm not gonna let anybody have control of my life. That's when I decided uh, to be the entrepreneur. And, um, but I, I, you know, as I say, I knew my limitations and I knew what I was good at and not good at. So Gary, as I mentioned, was a graphic artist because I suck. And Gary mm -hmm. was a friend of a friend that we got to know each other who was a controller for a company. Smartest guy I'd met in a very long time. Yeah. And so those two guys came together. And when it comes to partners and, this, you know, looking back, uh, there was three things that dictated why they became my partners. Four, really. One is I knew them. I knew them personally. So they were they were friends. 
And then I realized they had skills that I needed. That was the first one. They had different skills. So it wasn't just a random meeting. It was really synchronicity. And so they had the skills. That's one. Two, they bought in to the mission. They, mm -hmm. you know, you have to buy in. You don't want to be fighting your teammates and your partners. One's after money. One's after creating a great game. You, they bought in 100%. And that really came to bear later on. They bought into the they bought into the concept and the mission, or they bought in literally to like the partnership. Well, both. <laughs> yeah, there, there so is they, a both. They, yeah, they, <laughs> it wasn't like work for hire. This artist, this is me getting nice and legal on this. It wasn't work for hire. They had some stake in in Angel Games. Right. I mean, look, you can easily. I looking back, if I did it now, I could easily hire like ninety nine designs or graphic artist, somebody to do what Gary did. 100%, period. But for me, I like to collaborate. It gets lonely being an entrepreneur. When you're working totally. by yourself, nobody tells you that. They just look at the glory and you make money. It's boring sometimes. And it's kind of, you know, it's not always fun and games, pun intended. So I love having the partners to bounce ideas off, collaborate with, to grow, you know, grow the business with. So for me, it was worth it. Always make sure. So Terry... I'm sorry. I just keep going. Make sure you don't give away too much to the company when you're giving up, giving to partners. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Very smart. And was Terry, you mentioned Terry is the controller. So was he more of like a day-to-day -day operations kind of guy and you got to be more of the inventor and he was more of the office type? Well, not the office. He turned into a great entrepreneur, but he was, he was a CEO. Mm -hmm. So we, we, we had him or he ran the company. We had a very strict policy on titles. Uh, I'm being really sarcastic because nobody really gave a who was who. We just all did everything. It's like we're starting a business. Everybody did everything. So we decided the first guy in the office in the morning got to be president for the day. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's that is an amazing one. rule. I love yeah. it. <laughs> and, if, and, if, and if somebody didn't show up, we assumed they were getting their job done or getting done what was needed. And, you know, hope they're having a good time. We'll see you when you get back. We're total complete trust, right? And that gets to the third point, as a matter of fact. Uh, and it's the hardest one to find partners. You can find skill sets. You can really find people to buy into your mission. You really can. However, that core value that they had resonated with mine. And for me, it's trust and integrity. I can't do business. It doesn't matter if they're partners or business associates. If you don't have trust or integrity, I can't do business with you. And they had it in spades. And that's why I became partner. So decide and determine what your core value is. And there's three or four of them, that's fine. Uh, there's a thing called black sheet. Find your black sheet, go online, look it up. And it's got a list of values. And I took the test and it's very simple. And it's just online. And I, without even trying, integrity came up number one. And I already knew that. So when you're finding partners the people to do business with, man, it's just, saves you so much aggravation and trouble and and problems down the line when you're with like-minded people 100 percent. well i i am screwed i am never going to have a successful business with integrity and, and all that <laughs> well, no, you, trustworthiness you can have your own now for me yours could be creativity yours could be legal i mean there's no wrong right right, right. yeah 
So you'd you'd have the integrity sign, right? Like you know, in the the boardroom, you know, that have like persistence and integrity and all that stuff. Like, like give me a picture with that. You know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Those you, you see them in corporate boardrooms or in offices all the time. You know, the landscape view with like an eagle or something. That's it's like you know. Right, right, right. So, so if yours is integrity, that's the word underneath with a little phrase underneath it. What would the picture be, Mister Pictionary? Whether you drew it or it's a picture of something, what would the picture, um, you know, be of this to symbolize the integrity and the mission and all? Wow, that's a great question. I'm a great interviewer. He said, "Stalling for uh, for an answer." (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I wish I wish I had the, the the timer. Yeah, the timer. Yeah. Draw integrity for us. Oh, I draw my partners. Uh, I think I think it's one. It's a feeling. It's a, you know I I knew it. I could feel my intuition. My gut told me they they had it. Uh, and then when the chips were down, they proved their their worth. Uh, they had it. Um, but I think it it came it came in conversations, right? The more you talk to somebody, you understood who they were, who we were. Um, and weirdly enough, as you're saying that for integrity. I would draw a sketch of my two business partners. How was that for cliche? That's good. But it's true. Good. You know, does nothing for me, but I me think it's, you know, the rest of the audience will appreciate don't, it. You don't have to edit it out, but I didn't even like my own answer on that one. But, <laughs> you, I, you, we made I, it work. I, I love the circling of that. You just kept talking while trying yes. to find the answer, and then you give yes. that, and then you're like, nope, I don't even like that one. My kids call that a yeah. dad answer. I want to talk about your book. I mean, like I said, when we started this thing, uh, you know, a couple years ago, a few years ago, you know, we were sitting in a, in a in a little pub and you were making notes and we were talking about, yeah. you know, you wanting to start this new journey. And I got to I got to admit, every like six months, I'd be like, where you at? Where you at? Where you at? And you're always like, I'm working on it. I'm working. Well, I didn't know. Then suddenly we didn't talk for a minute. And then suddenly I'm like, it's out. You went from like, eh, I'm working on it to, you know, your book's out. So I, I, tell me about the process and what do you want to say about your book? The process was miserable. To be perfectly blunt, I mean, I'd love to tell you, you know, it went really well, and I had a vision and a dream. Well, I had neither, so uh, I didn't, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I didn't have that vision and that mission we were talking about earlier. So I literally would change the book every year or so. I'd have a full manuscript. No, I don't think this is what I want, and fire the writer, mm. and then I'd hire another helper, and then I'd write it myself. So um, after about three or four ghostwriters. Uh, it's like when you break up with a, go- a writer, three writers over the same issue, it's you, not them. So, <laughs> yes. So it was not a great process. However, I blame myself, but I'm really happy with the book. I did get what I wanted. I wasn't going to sacrifice just to get it out. People said, just put it out. It'll be fine. I made it and worked on it till it's what I wanted to say and what I wanted to, to put out into the world. And I'm proud as hell of it. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, that's a game changer. Yeah, it's it just it's just you know people overthink everything, right? They figure you got to have everything started, you know, mm-hmm. figured out before you start a game or a venture, a book, whatever it is. Uh, and the story just basically is telling me as a twenty three year old twenty three year old waiter with no discernible skills, to be honest. I mean, wasn't in the game business, uh, and how I got past my you know self doubt, procrastination, all these things to get to create and live with the biggest selling board game in the world, Pictionary. 
you can you can buy it on Amazon, Game Changer Pictionary. You can follow me on social media, the Rob Angel, all the usual ones, Facebook, etc. Uh, but Adam, I'm going to send you a book, and I want you to read it and tell me what you think. Unlike Pictionary, where you never played it. <laughs> Oh my God, Adam's usually yes. the troll. And yes, now, yes, we yes. have somebody who's trolling you. This is yes. amazing. Yes, <laughs> and, please, please, please do. And I also want to, I want to buy your book and send it to you. And if, if it's not too much to ask, get assigned, you know, get you to sign it. If that would I be cool. would be honored. Is it true that they printed what? 300,000 cards and none of it was sorted. So like <laughs> you, you had to sit there on the floor and sort hundreds of thousands of cards. 500,000 game? game cards. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, we were we were doing our launch. Wow. And, and we had ten days before the launch, we were ready to go. The invitations are out, we're having the party, and the printer calls us and he says he can't get the job done. And so now it's our first, really, this was early on during manufacturing, it was our first, you know, existential threat, if you will. It was out of our control. We controlled everything until this point. And so we uh, panicked for a couple of minutes and we just had to get it done ourselves. So to put it in perspective, it would be like taking 9,580 packs of playing cards, having your stupid little brother empty them out, put them in the middle of the room, mixing them up and running out the door laughing. And we had six <laughs> days. Yeah. We had six How? days to get that done, sorted out. Oh my unintended. God talk about persistence and talk about like you know you, whatever you got to do to get it done i can't i can't even imagine that that is that is that is insane the show win lose or draw <laughs> how do you if you just i can guess by that laugh that you, you they obviously cut you out i i'm assuming they didn't get you didn't get anything for that even though they clearly you know stole your idea but there's no board so i guess it's different well there was again so you know uh couple of things to win, lose, or draw. So we call that Black Tuesday when they launched the game on Tuesday at Toy Fair 1986. And at the moment, kind of the same thing about collating the cards. It was the worst thing that it could ever happen, right? We, we, we crumbled a little bit. We still even sold 3 million games the year before. I was mm -hmm. still a little insecure that because of the star power of the show, they were going to wipe us off the map. And... Hmm. We, we got a little creative, right? We didn't, we didn't sit back. You can't sit back. You got to take more. Yeah. So on their TV show, we advertised picture at either end of the TV show. There you go. So, <laughs> so that's brilliant. It was kind of the same thing. When you think it's all terrible and it's all bad, just know and just tell yourself it's supposed to be this way because guess what? Well, they had brought credibility to the trades on paper category. So they did sell a lot of games. But when the show went off the air, their game went off the market and we were the last man standing. So ultimately what started out as a terrible turned into the best yeah. thing that could have happened. We wound up selling more games, not less. So we work with, cool. you know, work with what happened, work with what's going on. Were demand letters, were demand letters sent? Was a lawsuit ever filed? We, we talked about it, but you can't patent an idea. You couldn't, we couldn't do anything about it in reality. So we sure. did, no. Instead of suing, we just got smart. That's 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 brilliant. You know, turn it into an advantage. And like you said, you had the last laugh. It, it probably sold a heck of a lot more games for you because people are at home watching it saying, I want to do this, but we can't choose our own words because then we'll know. And like, wait, there's already this this game out there. So that that is, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. Or if you can't, if you can't get back at somebody who stole your idea, you know, profit off of what they're doing. I'll, I'll market them. 
Right. Well, that's, don't spend your money trying to sue them, right? You take that money and try to market them. Try to find a different distribution network. Do something different, uh, and that'll work better. Do you know the show, the, the, the movie, When Harry Met Sally? Yes. So in that movie, they call it the Pictionary Moment. And mm. Bruno Kirby is guessing, and he goes, Baby Fishmouth. Remember that? Baby Fishmouth. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> and so they call it the Pictionary Moment. Well, let me tell you something. With the beauty of video, I looked that up. If you look at it closely, it's not Pictionary. It's win, lose, or draw. <laughs> <laughs> no they're way. Win, they're playing win, lose, or draw, not Pictionary. But, you know, a little, you know, miscommunication. They call it the Pictionary Moment. Let me end on a story here. Please. So, again, you don't know what you're doing. The unintended consequences. So everything you do in business and in life has a consequence. Good and bad doesn't matter. It has a consequence. For Pictionary, I call it cosmic gravy. It's this magical thing that happened that I didn't expect. I invented a game. I created a game that people had fun with. And people started telling me their Pictionary stories. And this one woman, a few years back, waiting tables. Now I'm sitting there and she finds out I invented Pictionary. She starts to cry. I said, what's going on? She tells me she was a foster child and she was taken in by a family with three siblings and she wasn't accepted. And mom and dad wanted them to get, get along and she, she wanted a home so badly and they wouldn't accept her. And she felt despondent. Mom and dad couldn't figure it out. One afternoon, one day, they bring out Pictionary. Guess what? She can draw. She can play Pictionary. So now mom and dad take on the three kids. They clean their clock. <laughs> I've told this story many times, and it's still yeah. look on her face, right? So, so now the next game, they want to be on her team. Now all of a sudden, over a Pictionary game, right? The collaboration, the bonding, the thing that we all love about Pictionary and why it resonates in that moment because of Pictionary, that girl, that woman had the family she's always wanted. And that to me is, is the best thing. Forget the money, the accolades, everything else, knowing that the thousands and thousands of stories of people, that, that lives were changed, right? I, I, without doing it knowingly, I raised the vibration of the planet. Pictionary raised the vibration of people and got these stories. And I think really that's what I'm most proud of. When it's all said and done and I look back, I think that is what's going to is what's resonating with me the most. Well, damn. That's thank you so much, yeah. Rob Angel everybody. <laughs> that was fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. you thank you. Thank you for inventing it and because it has brought so many great memories to people and and just getting to know the man behind it and and how interesting and down to earth you are is just makes it that much more, you know. Now I got to actually play the damn game. <laughs> well, <laughs> but that, the problem is I don't own it anymore. So, you know, have fun. Tell me a cosmic gravy story, but, you know, no benefit. I'll just play win, lose, or draw instead. <laughs> I got to go. Yeah. <laughs>